theyeshiva.net. Today, we're going to learn a sicha by the Rebbe, by the Lubavitcher Rebbe, that he said on Shabbos, Parshas Vayishlach, Tov Shin Chav Gimel, that's 1962, the end of 1962, and another part of the sicha that he said on Yat Kislev, Yutas Kislev, Tov Shin Chav Hey, which would be the end of 1964. It's published in Lukutei Sichis, Chelek Yud, Parshas Vayishlach, Yutas Kislev, pages 100 through 108. Let's begin, Seif Aleph. It begins with a story about the last days of the Magad of Mizrich. A little background. The Baal Shem Tev was born in 1698, and he passed away in 1760. Tofnun Ches was his birth. Chayelo passed away. Shvu is Tofkuf One of the greatest, if not the greatest, student of the Baal Shem Tev was the Magad of Mizrich. His name was Rabbeinu Doiv Ber. And he was a Magid in a city of Mizrich. He was actually a teacher, a teacher of children. And he was one of the Ga'inim of the generation, both in Nigla, in Halacha and Nigla, and also in Nister. He came to the Baal Shem Tev in the last years of the Baal Shem Tev, the whole story how he came. But he became one of his greatest disciples. And when the Baal Shem Tev passed away, Shvu 1760, one year later, the Baal Shem Tev's son, Reb Tzvi, gave over the mantle of leadership to Reb Doiv Ber, who's known till today as the Magid, or the Mizritcha Magid, or in some Hasidic communities they call him the Rebbe de Ber. He led the fresh movement of Chassidus for 13 years, until his histalkus, his passing on Yutas Kislev Tovkuf Lamed Gimel, which would be 1772, the end of 1772, December 1772. He passed away Tovkuf Lamed Gimel Yat Kislev, and... We don't know his age. Some say he was even older than the Baal Shem Tev. The year of his birth is unclear. There's different opinions about it. Whether he was older than the Baal Shem Tev or younger than the Baal Shem Tev. The Baal Shem Tev was born in 1698, Tafnun Ches. So the Baal Shem Tev was 62 years old when he passed away. The Magid lived another 13 years till Yutas Kis of Tafkov Lamad Gimel. And he's buried in a city called Anipoli. We had the Schus, remember? We took a lot of the Hevra from the Shir. A few, and other people, a few years ago, we went to Anipoli, which is in the Ukraine. And over there, the Magad is buried close to a river. Reb Zusha of Anipoli is there as well. Reb Zusha was a student of the Magad, Reb Zusha. The Magad's passing, of course, was created uh, a tremendous uh, sense of, uh, I don't have to explain, of pain and loss for all of his students, known as the Chavrai Kadisha. And that's when really <coughs> Hasidus split into many different branches, the students of the Magid, who each returned to their own region or cities and created their branch of the Chassidus, the movement of the Baal Shem Tev and of the Magid. The last Shabbos before the Ptira of the Magid was Shabbos Parshas Vayishlach, Tovkuf Lamed Gimel. And this Sicha of the Rebbe is focused on something that happened on that Shabbos. Let's begin Sif Aleph. My father-in-law, the Rebbe, told the following story. And this is the Rebbe talking, the Rebbe Sicha. So he's addressing his own father-in-law, which means the Rebbe Rayat, the Rebbe Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak, the sixth Lubavitcher Rebbe, who was, of course, a great-great-grandson of the Balatanya, and who passed away himself on, in 1950 in New York, Yutzvat. 
So he says, my father-in-law told the story. And the Rebbe was actually present when he told the story because it was at a Fabrengen in Tovshin Gimel, 1943 in New York, as he says in footnote 1. The last Shabbos of the physical life of the Magad of Mizrich, his life in this world, and he says the last Shabbos of his life in this world, because of course even the following Shabbos, his life continued, but just not in a physical, concrete way in this world. So that last Shabbos, the Magid apparently was already ill and he was in bed. And who was standing around him? The Chevraye Kaddisha, which means the holy group, his greatest Talmidim, each of them in their own right was a, was a, was a tzaddik and a Kadosh alien. You had their souls that were extraordinary. It's one of the, the ployim, one of the ployim of that milieu that's from Tovkuf, the time of the Balshemtiv, over the next, uh, half a century, even century, even more, there arose <laughs> nobody knew from where, in, in, in countries where they didn't expect it, where Jews were so downtrodden, there arose a group of not just dozens, but many dozens of, of great neshamas, lovers of humanity, lovers of the Jewish people, lovers of Hashem, whose souls were overflowing with Avas Hashem, Avas Atayr, and Avas Israel. So they were called the Chevraye Kaddisha. Of course, you had their people like Reb Mendel Haradoki, Reb Mendel Vitebsker, the oldest student of the Magad. People like Reb Nachum Chernobyler, people like the Baditsheva, Reb Zusha, Reb Reb Melach, the Chayza of Lublin. These are all the Chavrai Kadisha. I'm just mentioning a few. The youngest was the Alter Rebbe, the Balatanya. He was the youngest of the students. They called him the Litvak, as we'll soon see. The Lithuanian, because he came from the region of Lithuania, Belarus and Lithuania. The Alter Rebbe came from a place called Lyazhna. That's the town where he was born and he grew up. So they called him the Litvak. Others didn't come from Lithuania. They came from other regions, whether it's Ukraine or Poland. So, and I don't know that all these names were there at the moment, but there was the Chavrai Kadisha, his close Talmidim, who were around the bed. So the Mezritcha Magad turned to his students and he said the following Torah. The opening of Parshas Vayishlach is Yaakov Avinu sent Malachim, he sent messengers to Esav, to the city of Seir, to the, to the region of Seir in Eretz Edom, in the region of today's Jordan. And Yaakov sent a message with these Malachim. In Lavan Garti, I have lived with love on all these years. I have delayed my return until now, and I am sending a message. I would love to find favor in your eyes. We all know that the response was not very kind. Esav is coming towards you with four hundred men, and the continuation of the story. Upirish Rashi Malachim Mamish. So Rashi says, "What does Malachim mean?" In Medrash, there are two opinions. Does Malachim mean messengers, shluchim? A malach is really a shliach, a messenger. So Rashi says, no, malachim mamish. Mamish malachim, literally malachim. So the Magid says, ha-mamish al-ha-malachim shalach yankiv la-esav. Avalaruchni is nishrem yakiv. It was the mamish of the malachim, the mamoshes of the malachim, so to speak, the physical substance of the malachim that Yaakov sent to Esav. But the ruchni is of the malachim, the edelkeit, the, the spirituality, the kedusha. The ruchnius, the transcendent dimension of the malachim, the ruach of the malachim, the spirit that remains with Yaakov. To quote the story in Yiddish, I'll just say it because it's geschmack to uh, use the Lashon Harav of the Magid, 
and of the Alter Rebbe who said it over, and of the Rebbe Rayatz who said it over, and the Rebbe said it over, they all said it over in Yiddish. So the, the language over there in Sefer HaSich is Tavshin Gimel, is that it was Shabbos Vayishlach Lamed Gimel. The Alter Rebbe said over the story at the Shalom Zohar of his son, that Balatanya had three sons, Reb Doiv Ber, the Mittler Rebbe, Reb Chaim Avraham, and Reb Moshe. At the Shalom Zohar of Reb Chaim Avraham, which was in the year Tovkuf Nun, Tovkuf Nun would mean 1790. So at the Shalom Zohar, the Alter Rebbe said that Shabbos Vayishlach, Tovkuf Lamed Gimel, the last Shabbos of the Rebbe, my Rebbe, the Mazritcha Magad in this world, had the Rebbe gezakt, and I'm going to quote in Yiddish, Vayishlach Yaakov Malachim Zakrashi Malachim Mamash, the Mamash from the Malachim at Yaakov Geshik Tzaisavan, but the Ruchnius from the Malachim is Geblibin mit Yaakov. So we read Rashi, what does Malachim Mamash mean? Malachim Mamash, I'm not exaggerating, I'm not being dramatic, it was really, really Malachim. He sent angels, <laughs> he didn't send people, he sent angels. Comes the Mezid Shemagad, his last Shabbos, and he says, Malachim Mamash, you know what he sends? He sends the Mamoshes. Mamash in, 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 in Hebrew means like Mamash, like Mamash, literally, but really, what does the word Mamash mean? The word Mamash comes from the word Mimush, right? Chush. Like, lemamish, to, to touch something that you can touch, a substance that you can feel, that you can detect with your hands, that you can touch. So he says, the mamashus of the malachim, the mamash of the malachim, that's what he sent to Esav. The ruchnis of the malachim, that you don't send to Esav. That, that he kept with him. <laughs> that's the, the vart of the magad. The hesta vart for magad, huh? <laughs> the the mamashus, that he sent to Esav. The mamash, that, yeah. But the, the ruchnis of the malachim, they didn't go anywhere. That's, that was the, the Magid's Taira. Then the Chagav, in the continuation of the story, it says that the next day, Sunday, was Yudzayin Kislev. That year, Yat Kislev was on Tuesday. The Magid passed away on Tuesday. So the Balatani, the Rebbe said that on Sunday, Yudzayin Kislev, my Rebbe told me that in the last three days of Mesiris HaPikadim, the last three days before you give back, the deposit that Hashem has imbued within you. In other words, the last three days before passing, Zetmen Nordem Dvar Hashem was in Yeder Gashmi, was the Dvar Havaye is the Mohus from the Gashmi. You only see the divine energy in every material reality, in all matter, because the truth is that it's only the Dvar Hashem, the divine DNA, which is the core and the essence of all physical matter. So usually we see the physical matter and we may believe or understand or know that there is spiritual energy. He says in the last three days before you give away the neshama, you see the Dvar Hashem and the Gashmi. This is what the Magad tells the Alter Rebbe during the last three days of his life. The reason he said the story of the Shalom Zohar was because he says that night my Rebbe told me about Vachnacht, what happens the night before Bris, which is discussed at length over there in the Sicha of Tavshin Gimel. Asks the Rebbe, V'tzorich lohoven bazar. The word of the Magad is a word from the Magad. But let's try to understand what the Rebbe, the Magad is saying here. It's not Stam, you know, throws out a word, Malachim, Mamash, okay, it's cute, Mamashas. Let's understand it. Zesha Shalach Yaakov Leis of Malachim Dafka. Avsha Bechlal Asr Lashtamash of Malachim, Veloi Bnei Adam. Mistab Eloi Mashul Lefisha Kavan Asr Shal Yaakov Beshlich Ezu, Hoysel Levarid Es Esav. Velochein Shalach Elov Malachim. Let's understand something. 
Why did Yaakov send Esav Malachim? Why did he send the Malachim? He could have sent him messengers. Right? Later we'll have in Chumash different events. For example, Moshe Rabbeinu sends messengers. Also uses the word Malachim. But they were human messengers. Why did Yaakov send the human messengers? Now you say, why not if you could send Malachim? Generally you're not supposed to use Malachim. It's forbidden just to use Malachim when you want to use Malachim. But there was a reason that Yaakov did this. The Rechaim discusses, the Rechaim here, Rechaim HaKadosh, Rabbi Rechaim Benat, it's not so simple just to send Malachim even if you can. So why did he do it? The answer is, because he wasn't just sending a verbal message. You know, you could send a telegram, and today you could say, he could have sent a WhatsApp to Esau. But it wasn't about sending a WhatsApp or a telegram or messengers. He wanted to really sublimate Esau. He wanted to inspire Esau. He wanted to bring in more Kedusha to Esau, to elevate Esau. And therefore, he sent Malachim because they had the power not just to speak to Esau, but also bring out from Esau his inner goodness, his inner holiness, what he calls the bitter of Esau, the refinement of Esau, what's called Beirut, the clarification, the removal of the negativity from the positivity. But if that's the case, why are you sending him only the chitzainius of the Malachim, the external part of the Malachim? On the contrary, Esau needs the, the Kedush of the Malachim, the Ruchnius of the Malachim. The Kayach Habirur, the, the ability to be mevarer, to bring out the Kedush, is of course more Shaykh to the more transcendent dimension of the Malachim. And in footnote number five he says, and if for whatever reason, Esau needed the mamish, the, the, the more tangible dimension of the malachim. So send people. <laughs> send people over there. The mamish is more mamish because it's, it's physical. Malachim, even their mamish is not physical. It's more subtle. So s- send people. And he says in footnote five, and even though elsewhere we explained another sikh, that there's a halacha, the Beir Hatif brings in a rechaim tafresh gimel, that you're not supposed to send a shliach if you may be endangering his or her life, you have to be careful. So maybe Yaakov was afraid that if he sends regular people, you know, they could be harmed, and he will have to do tshuva for that because it's his responsibility. And of course, he knew that Esav can hurt them. So that's why he had to send Malachim. Fine. So maybe he can't send people in a revealed way, but he could still send Margalei Cheresh like Yehoshua did. He could send clandestine spies to tell them what's going on, and they won't know that they're Shluchim of Yaakov. They won't tell him that they're Shluchim of Yaakov. I'll say he needed them to tell, to, to tell Esav about Yaakov coming, coming back from Lavan. Okay, they could tell him the information without letting him know that they're Shluchim of Yaakov. They just know about Yaakov. You know, there's ways around it. But he doesn't do that. For whatever reason, he feels that we need to send Malachim. Why? Because the Bidur. If that's the case, so why the mamash of the malachim? On the contrary, you need to send the pnimius of the malachim. But let's go one step deeper. Besides questioning why Yaakov would send the mamash, what does it even mean? Can we really make the separation and say, the mamish of the malachim, which means actually the goof of the malachim, like he says in footnote 6, Kiyadua, Shagab malachim yeshne goof nefesh, we say in Barchinavshi, Oisa malach of ruchos, Mishorsov eish loyhet. He creates his malachim out of ruach, out of ear, 
his servants, Eish Loyet, glowing fire. So the Rambam explains that the Malachim have in them what's called Yisoyed Ha'esh, the element of fire, Yisoyed Haruach. But what this means is, of course, Malachim don't have the physical body that a human being has or a living organism on earth has. But it means that in the Malach itself, there's something called the goof, the body of the Malach, and something called the nefesh of the Malach, the soul of the Malach. Something that's more the mamish of the Malach, and something called the ruach of the Malach, the inner transcendent energy of the Malach, which would be compared to the neshama of the person. Zolzayim. But how do you separate between the two? You say, the mamash of the malachim, he dispatched to Esau. The ruach of the malachim stayed by Yaakov. Even by people and by animals, living organisms in the earth, it's impossible. Minanimna means it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's not feasible. It's not possible. It's not possible that the body should function on its own and do anything without the soul because the body is completely subservient to the soul. The body is a conduit for the soul. The body is the physical conduit and facilitator of the soul. The soul is the electricity, the biochemical energy, the, the, the consciousness, the soul, the mind of the body that, that vivifies it, that gives it vitality and animation. You can't separate between the two and say, okay, do this with your guf, without your neshama. Certainly it's so by angels. If it's even true by animals, you can't separate the soul from the body. The moment you separate the soul from the body, the body is a corpse. So what does the Magad really mean? Again, it sounds like he sends the mamish of the Malachim, but the, the Ruach stays with him. Can you make that separation? Now, you might be thinking, the Maggit says a word, what do you, uh, why is the Rebbe analyzing it so heavily? But the, the truth is, very often, especially in the, the, the world of Chassidim, you know, there's what's called Chassidim Shevertlach. It's a word, you know, somebody throws out a word from this Rebbe, from that Rebbe, from that Sadiq. So sometimes you can hear a, a richness, a beauty in it, but <laughs> the Rebbe was a Chabad Chassid, so every word, he wanted to internalize. And in order to internalize it, you have to really get it. In order to really get it, you have to dissect it. Not dissect it in order to lose its flavor, but to dissect it in order to really breathe it in. To, 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 to be teufus. What the Magad is saying. Magad wasn't just saying vertlach to amuse his students, especially the last Shabbos before he passed away. There's also another point to understand. Whenever you say a taich in a posik or in Rashi in a Maimah Chazal, you can't be negating the entire message that they want to say. But that's what's happening here, at least at first glance. What's the point of Rashi when he says Malachim Mamash? When you read the Rashi, what's Rashi trying to say? Apparently Rashi is trying to negate the interpretation that he sent human shluchim. In Medrash Rabbah, Bereshis Rabbah, Parsha Ayin Hay, there are two opposite opinions, differing opinions, if it was Shluchim or Malach. So Rashi is choosing one point of view, like he says in footnote number seven. Who 
the commentary of the Magid, it's not just a additional spiritual insight. It seems to go against the very message that Rashi is trying to say. When Rashi is trying to say Malachim Mamash, what does he mean? It's really Malachim. When it says Vayishlach Yaakov Malachim, it means it, these were not humans. These were Malachim Mamash. These were real Malachim. In other words, what's the emphasis? The emphasis is that he sent real Malachim. Not anything else and not anybody else. And therefore, they captured, they represented the true essence of what a Malach is. What's the Magid's perspective of Malachim Mamash? The exact opposite. Malachim Mamash means... Not really Malachim. He sent the Mamash of the Malachim. The external, the external dimension of the Malachim. The superficial part of the Malachim. The part of the Malachim that's tangible, that Esau can feel and detect maybe. But the real Malach, the Mohus of the Malach, the Pneumius of the Malach, which is of course the inner core spiritual of the Malach, that he never sent. So you have somewhat of a strange, a strange concept. I don't know if you remember. Before Shabbos, before Tisha B'av, we had a shir. The Rebbe had a sikhi. Addressing the same, the same question. Also fascinating. The Badichiva says that why is it called Shabbos Chazoin? Because you see the base Amikdash Ashlishi. There's a vision. Yeah, you remember Chazoin, you see the base Amikdash Ashlishi. So the Rebbe said, you know, how could the Badichiva say such a thing? The reason that we call it Shabbos Chazoin is because the Haftoida of Shabbos Chazoin. And the Haftoida begins Chazoin Yeshayahu, Asher Chazal Yehudavah Yerushalayim, Bimei Yosef Ben Yisuyahu. It's the vision of Yeshayah. And what's the vision? The vision is that he saw pending destruction and catastrophe. So you want to say a nice pshat in Shabbos Chazayin, you see the Beis HaMikdash, it's the exact opposite. It's because Yishai, you saw the Churban. And we learned in the whole moment of Reb Hillel of Parich, remember about the Tazacher, about the Churban. But it's a similar, I'm, I'm just reminding myself here. Rashi says, Malachim Mamish, Taka Malachim. Comes the Magid and says, what's that Malachim Mamish? Nish Taka Malachim. <laughs> the, the Mamish of the Malachim. These are the three questions that the Lubavitcher Rebbe raises in order to try to understand what the Magad was saying. Based on all these three questions, question number one. If Yaak, if Esav is sending Malachim, why sending Malachim? Just to have fun with Malachim, he's sending them to be able to help Esav. So Fakert, he should send the Ruach, the Ruchnis of the Malachim. B. Question B, how can you separate the two between the physical and the spiritual of the Malachim? Even by people or animals, you can't. And number three, it seems to be contrary to the message of Rashi, that he sent precisely Malachim and the Magid is minimizing that. Based on all of this, mamish <laughs> You have to be toifes, the Magid's Vart, with Eidele Choshim, with refined sensibilities. The Mezitcha Magid, he says, didn't mean that Yaakov split the Malachim in half, and half remained by him, and you know, 5% he sent to it doesn't work that way. A Malach is a Malach, a Malach is not a split personality. <laughs> we have split personalities, Malachim don't have split personalities. That's why they're malachim, they're spiritual energies. First of all, isn't it, you can't do that. 
Second of all, why would Yaakov do that? Third of all, Rashi says the exact opposite point. Of course he sent the Malachim to Esau. And which Malach? The whole Malach. <laughs> the goof of the Malach, together with the Nefesh of the Malach. When he says the Mamish of the Malachim he sent to Esau, it's describing how the Malachim was sent to Esau. It's not saying that the Malachim was split and part of them were by Esau. Esau can detect the Mamish of the Malachim. Esau was shaykh to pick up. You know you need antennas to pick up energy, to pick up reality, right? There are certain sounds I can hear. There are certain sounds certain birds can hear. I can't hear them. You know, there are certain colors we can't see. Our eyes simply, our retina and the eyes don't have the kalim to be able to sense that reality. Esau could sense the mamash of the malach, the mamash of the malach. Of course Yaakov sent the whole malach. I, he says, he sent the mamash, the ruchnius he didn't. He didn't split them up. The Magad is telling you how he sent the malach. How he sent the malach. He sent them in a way that even when they went to Esau, they are ruchnius as gebliben by Yaakov. They still remain by Yaakov. They, what do you mean they went to Esau? They went to Esau to fulfill Yaakov's mission. They didn't become Esau dick. They didn't lose themselves in Esau. Their soul was still by Yaakov. You know, you have an expression in English. Ed is darkened, but the neshama is gibbled. I said in English, in Yiddish. Zay neshama is gibbled by Yaakov. Of course they went to Esau. The neshama also went to Esau. But it's not called there by Esau. Who, where were they? They were by Yaakov. I there by Esau, there by Esau to fulfill Yaakov's mission. They never left Yaakov's domain. They never left Yaakov's Rishus Hayachid. They never lost touch and contact with Yaakov. Even though Yaakov dispatched them to Esau, they always understood they're on a mission from Yaakov. They never got swallowed up and enthralled by the dynamics of Esau. So even though they're by Esau, yes, they're by Esau, but their mamish is by Esau. Meaning, they have to go to fulfill Yaakov's mission. So they have to go to Esau, and they have to go to Esau with their chiyos, and their nefesh, and their ruchnias, and their spirituality, and their core. He's sending malachim, he's not sending mamoshes. He wants they should go. But because their soul, their pnimi, is still remains by Yaakov, so the Magad says, you just realize, the ruchnias is living by Yaakov, the mamoshes went to Esau. Take a look in 8 star, footnote 8 star, you see? Or if you have uh, maybe a new edition, it starts off Alpisa Yumtuk, maybe it's number 9. It starts off Alpisa Yumtuk, could be in the new, I have the older Sefer, but could be in the new ones for Project Lukot Sech, it's number 9. But you'll see, Alpisa Yumtuk, Lashon HaMagid, Shaharuchni is Nishir Im Yaakov, Mit Yaakovin, the language of the Magid was, in Yiddish, he said, the Mamish from the Malachim at Yaakov Gishikt Se'esavin, the Ruchnis from the Malachim is Giblibin Mit Yaakovin. There's something amiss in this expression. You would think the Magid should say, the Ruchnis from the Malachim is Giblibin by Yaakov. Nisht mit Yaakov, sigebliben by Yaakov. It would be more appropriate. In other words, the mamash of the malachim was by Esav, and the ruchnis of the malachim remained by, like we'll say in English, it remained not with Yaakov, it remained by Yaakov. Yeah. It's not what the Maggit says. He says, the ruchnis sigebliben mit Yaakov. You see? Why? Because it wasn't by Yaakov. Everything was by Esav. <laughs> the ruchnis was, you can't split a malach. Everything was by Esav. It's nisht by Yaakov, so by Esav. The Ruchnis of Malachim is Gebliben mit Yaakov. Nish by Yaakov, mit Yaakov. In other words, even when they were by Esau, they were still together with Yaakov. 
Their neshama remained by Yaakov. They never left Yaakov. You have sometimes you send an, a country sends out an ambassador, an ambassador to a foreign country. They plant a flag of their original country in their home. They make sure to teach their children the language of the country where they come from. And every day, they make sure to maintain traditions that tell the children, we're here as ambassadors of that country. We're not natives, we're not citizens. Because one day they want to come back to that country. In other words, they maintain a very distinct identity, even when they are in a foreign land. I, physically, they're there. And they have to go to those schools, and they have to be part of the culture, and they have to shop in their markets, and drive their cars, and use their gas stations, and converse with the people there, and learn the language. Emes, Alzheimer's. But where's their soul? Where's their passion? Where's their core? Where's their loyalty? What does Avram Avinu tell B'nei Ches? Geir v'soyishov anoichi mochem. What does Rashi say? I'm a geir. But I became a citizen. Then Rashi says, There's another pshat. I'm a Toshav. I live here, but I'm a Geir. <laughs> I come from somewhere else. I'm here. But my soul is not stuck here. My soul is somewhere else. So he says, they always felt, this is not my organic place. This is not my natural place. Where is my place? My place is by Yaakov Avinu. That's where my soul is. He says in footnote 9, The Baal Shem Tov said, you know where you are? You are where you want to be. You are where you want to be. That's where you are. And the Rebbe once said, that everything is expressed in halacha. I heard this from the Rebbe. So he said, you have it in Hilchis Eidavin. Many of you just finished Masechta Edevin last week, last Sunday, Mazel Tov. We did the long Hatna Masechta Edevin, part one, part two. It's good night to hear it if you didn't have a chance, but I recommend double speed, because it's a very long Hatna that the Rebbe said, Chaf of Tov Shin Chaf Beis on Masechta Edevin. We did the first year was the halachic part, the second year was the Hashkafa and spiritual part. What's the halacha by Edevin? The halacha by Edevin is that if you have a meal in a particular location, even though you're not there, it's considered as though you were present where your meal is. So Friday night, I put a me- before Friday night, I put a meal somewhere, somewhere in the forest, even though I'm not there. It's as though I'm physically there because I have my food there and I'm kind of shvisa. And tomorrow I can go to that place and walk from there 2,000 amas outside of the tchum. Or I take a piece of bread and I put it in your home. So even though I'm not living in your home, it's considered as though I'm living in your home because I have a meal in your home waiting for me. And therefore the courtyard is considered the courtyard of one home. What do we see from here? Because a person follows the food, we all know that, we follow the food. The place of the bread, so therefore, what do we see from here? Because the Malachim want to be by Yaakov, because they're living with Yaakov, because they're thinking about Yaakov. They're by Yaakov. Their soul is by Yaakov. My body is by Esav. My soul is also by Esav, but it's still by Yaakov. Or I should say, it's still with Yaakov. Not by Yaakov, but it's still with Yaakov. I there by Yaakov, he says, that's, that, that's because they have to fulfill a shlichus. <laughs> they're not, they're, they're not swallowed up by it. They have to fulfill a shlichus. And that's really what it means that their goof was by Yaakov. The whole concept of a goof is, a goof is a facilitator for the nefesh. In other words, they're there by Yaakov in order to fulfill the mission of Yaakov. Yutaifus. That's what the Magen means. The mamish is by Yaakov. The ruchni is geblibim with Yaakov. Even when it was by Yaakov. 
אשלויזו בלבד, שפירוש המגד, בהדגושס תיבס ממש, אינו יסויסי לפירוש הפושט שבהדגושס תיבס זו, אלא אדרבה, הוא מבאר היום מבהיר, כי אפשר שיש במלוכים ממש, ליפול בירות בעשב, תכלס הגשמיס והחומריס, הוא דווקא כשנף שם רוכניוסם דבוקו קשורה ביעקב, ואינו משתנס גם כשהם נמצאים אצל עשב. ונמצא איפה, שפירושו של המגד שרק הממש שלח ינקב לעשב, מדגיש עוד יסר, אז פירושו הפושר של תבס ממש, ששלח את המלאכים באופן שהיו ונשארו מלאכים ממש. According to this, all the questions are answered. Why did he send the ממש? He sent the ruchnius also. How can you separate? He didn't separate the two. Why is the magid saying and emphasizing a point that's opposite of Rashi? Now it's answered. Not only... Does the Bagid explain Mamish in a way that undermines the literal interpretation? No. The point of Chassidus is never to give a pshetl that is contrary to the soul and the real meaning. The point of the Magid was to actually explain the neshama of what Rashi is saying. What's the point of Malachim Mamish? That Yaakov really sent angels to Esav. He wanted Esav to listen to angels, to hear the energy of the angels. So the Magid is explaining it. That the ability that Malachim have to go into the territory of Esau, who represents the ultimate density of materialism and physicality, and to try to elevate him, it's only when their souls have not left Yaakov. The Magad is not negating the Pshat of Rashi. Fakert, he's explaining it. Rashi is saying, Malachim Mamish, he really sent Malachim to transform Esau. The ability for Malachim to go into such a place, and not only not get lost spiritually, but on the contrary, try to impact and transform and metamorphosize Esav, it's only if they do not get affected by the reality of Esav. They remain unscathed, unchanged. Why? Because their soul remains always in the Rishus HaYachid of Yaakov. So the Pirush of the Magad, that only the Mamish of the Malachim is sent to Esav, actually emphasizes more the literal interpretation of Mamash, that he sent the Malachim in a way that they remain Malachim Mamash. How can they remain Mamash Malachim by Esav? Because they were not affected. So when Rashi says Malachim Mamash, he sent the Malachim in a way that they were, they would talk the Malachim and they remain Malachim and that's why they can try to affect him. How can they do that? They're by Esav. The answer is because they weren't by Esav. They were physically by Esav, but they were together with Yaakov. In life, We'll soon see what this means. You have to go into all types of situations. Sometimes you have to face an Esav. You have to know who you are. You have to know where your neshama is, where your passion is, where your core are, where your values are. And that changes everything. As we will see. Gimel. Gimel. This Torah of the Magad, and also the lesson of it in our own Avoidah, because the Magad wasn't just trying to say a pshetl. He was trying to teach his students a way of life, will be understood much deeper when we contemplate when he said this Torah and in what situation it was. He's on his bed three days before his passing, four days before his passing. It's Tazai in Kislev, Shabbos, Vayishlach, Tovkuf, Lamed Gimel. He would pass away Tuesday, Yutas Kislev. In other words, it's his last Shabbos on earth. This means when the Magad is choosing to teach something to his students, 
that Shabbos, he's not just saying a vort on the parish. Shabbos means you have to say a vort. You have to say that this is the tzavo of the Maggit. This is a haflu de kivort of the Rebbe. That we have a tzavo of the Maggit. It's the final will and testament. He says, ke'in tzavo. You're not going to say this is a tzavo. There may have been another tzavo, I don't know. But it's ke'in tzavo. It was like a, a final message, a general lesson that he was teaching his students about serving Hashem according to the path of Chassidus for their generation and for, for future generations because, of course, his main objective was to create students who will create students for future generations. What can this be? Why, does this, why is this the tzavah of the Magad? From all the Torah he could have said, this is the Torah he chose. Why? But then he st- takes it one step further. One more idea. The Magid had exceptional students, but it's known other students of the Magid testified that there was a special kinship and a special outstanding love that he had to the Balatanya to the Altareb. And he expressed it. Not only that, you have to understand, as it says in the introduction of the Rav Shulchanoruch, Shulchanoruch HaRav, that the Magid, from all of his Talmidim, and he had Goine Yoylam, he summoned the Balatanya, and he summoned him, he gave him the, he charged him with the mission to write a Shulchanoruch. The Heleke Badichavah, Rebbe Levi Yitzchak of Barditchev once said, Mir haben alle gegessen von ein Teller, der Litvak hat zugenommen des Smetene. We all ate from one dish, but the Litvak, because that was the the name that the other students of the Magid used to call the Alter Rebbe, the Litvak. So the Litvak hat zugechabt, hat zugenommen des Smetene. We all ate from one dish, but the Litvak, the Alter Rebbe, the Balatanya, he took the creme de la creme. Creme de la creme is the best part, the Smetene. You know, the cream on top, that's what he took. His point was, we all ate from the same dish. But there was something unique about the relationship of the Alter Rebbe and the Magad, as he said, learned specially with the Alter Rebbe and even more than he did with other students as he brings in the footnotes. There's also a letter from the Baditshever, footnote 9 or 10, you see by me it's 9 star. You tell me about Reb Mendel of Vitebsker, the author of Priyadzeh, this I didn't hear. What I did hear is that he extolled the praises of the Alter Rebbe in extraordinary ways, the Baditshevah says. This was a context, there was a Maisa, it's not for now the details, but there were some of the students of the Magad, the Bavram of Kaliska and who was... Um, who was writing some things about the Al-Tarebbe that were challenging. It had to do with the whole Stucker fund of the, the Koylel in, in Eretz Yisrael. Rabbi Avram was in, in Eretz Yisrael. Al-Tarebbe used to send money. Al-Tarebbe wrote letters to the Badichever. Rabbi Avram Kals wrote a letter to Badichever. says, just know how great Al-Tarebbe was in the eyes of the Magad. If this is the case, this means that when the Magad is saying the Torah, the last Shabbos of his life, first of all, it has the Tzavah, of Avodah Hashem al for generations to come. But he says it also has something else. The al is there. So this director of the Magad right before his Estalka certainly has also special meaning for the Seder Avodah of the al the Balatanya, who was the founder of Chassidus Chabad. Because from all the students, there was a special, special kinship. 
And we see this also in something the Maggit told him. The Maggit told the Alter Rebbe, Yutes Kislev is Unzer Yoim Hilula, which means Yutes Kislev is our wedding day. This is one of the things he told the Balatanya in the last days of his life. And what did he mean? He meant that there is a special, unique event that will happen on Yutes Kislev in both of our lives. Of course, Yutes Kislev is the day the Maggit passed away. It's his yard site. Yutes Kislev, years later, is the Chagagula, the day that the Alter Rebbe was emancipated from Tsarist imprisonment in the year Tovkuf Nuntes, which would be 1798. The Ptira, the Stalkus of the Magad, is Tovkuf Lamed Gimel, 1772. The Chagagula of the Alter Rebbe is 1798, Tovkuf Nuntes. Then he understood what his Rebbe said a few days before his passing, Yutes Kislev is Unze Yoyme Lula. It's our day of celebration. In other words, there's a special relationship there about the day of the Stalkus. This only intensifies more that when the Magad gives that last statement, on his deathbed to his students about Malachim Mamish, not only is it a tzava about chassidus in general, not only is it a tzava connected specifically to the Alter Rebbe, the beloved of his students, but also, since this is the one of the last, or the last Torah that he says publicly, before his Yom Hilula, it must be connected to the second Yom Hilula, to the second celebration, which is the day of Yutas Kislev, the Gula of the Alter Rebbe, the Gula of the Balatanya. And from now, the second part of the Sikha from Siv Dalit, the Rebbe is going to go on to explain how this Torah of Malachim Amish captures all of these dimensions and also allows us to apply it to our lives. But we're going to take a break now. And this we will continue, Bezer Hashem, Wednesday morning, 7.30. So remember, tomorrow morning we have the women's class at 9.45 a.m. That's Tuesday morning. You can watch it on the yeshiva.net. Even men could watch it, but don't tell anybody. Wednesday morning, 7.30, we will continue Be'ezer Hashem this sikhah. There will also be a shir Thursday morning, 7.30 a.m. Mitzay Shabbos, we will have our first live event since the beginning of Corona. Big live event, besides some of the davening, and the shirim on Shabbos. Yat Kisav, there'll be a big grand fabrengen in the tent. 24 Shay Road here in Munsi, with hot food, Amalava Malka, Asudas Mitzvah, so does Chagagula, live music. Everybody is invited. You can also watch it online, the yeshiva.net. But it will be 7.30 p.m. It's Sai Shabbos. Please tell your friends or acquaintances here in Muncie or around. Everybody is invited, men, women, and children, for the Chagagula of the Alter Rebbe and the Histalkas of the Magad. Wednesday night, 9.30 p.m., there will be a class on the yeshiva.net with a Zoom meeting to the community in Panama. And the topic is Achieving Happiness during these crazy times. Last night, we had a few-hour session on marriage. Why are so many marriages failing? It was uh, it was very, very heavy, I have to say. It was maxed out to a 1,000 people. The organizer said they had another 1,000 people who wanted to come on, but they had it only on Zoom. But Bezer Hashem, they're working on it, so it will be loaded today, probably, or tonight on the yeshiva.net, so you can watch it. Very, very powerful stuff to hear the questions and feedback and honest uh, communication of people. It was very powerful. Okay, I'm going to take some questions now. How is one going to send angels? How do you send angels? <laughs> I guess if you're Yaakov Avinu, you know how to send angels. Uh, I guess, you know, 
if you have angels with you and around you, you could send angels. How do you send people? When they're around you, they could send people. It says that, right? When Yaakov comes back, and Malachim encountered him. On the way to Charan, he has a dream of angels going up and going down on the ladder. On the way back, the angels encounter him. So when somebody is uh, hanging out with Malachim, he could send Malachim. I should add that the Rambam says in Meir Nevuchim that we are all sending out angels. Because angels is also a metaphor for our emotions and our mental energy and our emotional energy. Malachim are the koiches tivim, the natural faculties of a person, are koiches haseichel, are midis, are faculties of mind, are faculties of heart, which means we are always sending out messengers, feelers, feelers, our mental energy, our emotional energy. And the Rebbe once spoke about this Rambam, Shabbos Vayishlach Tovshin Chof Hei, 1964, Lekut Esichis Chelek at a Fabrengen, actually it was the Fabrengen before this one, it's the Shabbos before Yitzchis Tovshin Chof and he said that every single one of us sends out Malachim. We send malachim. We send our mind and our heart. We all send out emotional energy and, and mental energy to check out every situation, right? And they come back to report. They come back to report. And the point is, it happens, it happens constantly. We're always sending out energy, our attitudes, our perspectives, our way of looking at things, and the way we, 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 we process things. But the point here is that you have to be in control of the malachim. Don't let the malachim just go out on their own. Vayishlech Yaakov malachim, he was a balabas on the malachim. And what this means often, that I have to look what type of energy I am actually projecting onto reality. Because the energy, the attitudes, the perspectives that I send out from me will come back and tell me what the reality is. So this is actually a very profound insight that is alluded to in that so this is how it applies to us. We'll see later also other applications. Why did the Magid, next question, why did the Magid choose to say Davka this Torah about Malachim Mamish that Shabbos? Well, it was Shabbos Parshas Vayishlach. So he said a Torah on Parshas Vayishlach. But the point this Sikh is making is that if it was the last Shabbos of his life, it wasn't just finding a vert on Parshas Vayishlach. He could have said a lot of vert on Parshas Vayishlach. But rather this would come to encapsulate and capture a major theme that the Magid wanted to impart to his students for subsequent generations. And it's understandable. Because if it's the last Shabbos of somebody's life, any person, never mind the Magid of Mizrich, never mind surrounded by his greatest and closest disciples, including a person like the Balatanya. The Magad is not just going to, you know, say something that he thought about in the parish of Shavua. Every moment is so faithful at that, at that time. Every moment is so precious. It's timeless. It's every moment is like eternity. And he knew that he's about to give his neshama back. So it's very logical. This is not a far-fetched idea that when the Magad is saying something, he wants to share with them something that it will take away and take with them for the rest of their lives and bequeath it to their students and their children and their disciples, which they did, because generations later, now it's more than 200 years since the passing of the Magad of Mizrich, right? almost, almost 250 years, not yet, and we still teach this Torah, we learn this Torah. So this Sikh is going to explain how this captures really one of the great and timeless messages of the Magad, including its unique connection to the Alti Rebbe Zavoyde and to Yutas Kislev, which is the Hilula of the Magad and the Hilula of the Balatanya. I wish you all a wonderful, meaningful, and inspiring day, accompanied by Malachim Mamish. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. 
make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.